0: We appreciate Brother Harold Foster being with us today. It's good to see our brother. All these that are visiting today, you're welcome in the house of the Lord. There's liberty here and freedom, and uh, there is deliverance if you'll take it. Uh, The table's set. You just need to eat. If you leave here hungry today, it's your own fault. I mean, (laughs) the table's set. The Lord done prepared. Can you smell that this morning? That good aroma, that's good stuff. Let's get into the main course of the meal over in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 this morning and give you a thought that the Lord give us this week. Try to help you a little bit. This being Valentine's week, I hope that you've been good to that sweetheart of yours, done something good for her. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and give his life for it. I only got one amen out of that. Come on, men. Amen. Amen. They're more precious than rubies. Amen. They're more, they're really precious to put up with you. (laughs) I know mine's precious to put up with me. I appreciate our wives and what they mean to us. Can I tell you this morning how much I love my wife? Honey, come up here. What are you doing? I want to show you one of my prize possessions. This is my prize possession right here. This is our first lady of the church. And I'm thankful for her. I'm not ashamed of her. This is the most beautiful woman in the world right here. And of 32 years. God has blessed us. And I thought this week, how, how long we've been together and all the miles we've traveled together, all the things we've been through together, and they've been some rough roads. And it ain't been easy. We've shed tears. And we've had heartaches. But through it all, first of all, we love God. And by loving God, we've loved each other. And it ain't every day that I'm happy with her, and it ain't every day she's happy with me. But we're always happy with Him. And that makes us happy with each other. And we've always tried to never go to bed mad at each other. We've always worked things out. We've always worked together in raising our daughter and trying to be an example to love her and to care for her and to raise her the way God would have us to raise her. But to live a life that God could take a couple... And lead people to Him. Amen. It's not us that has done this, but it's all Him yes. that's done that. Amen? And you men ought to be proud. If you've got a wife that loves God, you ought to be proud this morning. Yes. I wished I was half the Christian and, uh, and walk with God as she does. But I appreciate her and I love her today. And I wanted to stand her up for everybody and just show her off this morning. Yes. And tell, her, tell you how much I love this woman i die for this woman. This, this is part of me. You know what? God picked her out a long time ago just for me. This ain't your wife. This is my wife. This is mine. And, and I thank God for that. And you should feel the same way. Men, i to hear from you this morning, men. That's the way you should feel about your wife. If you're calling her the old hag, the old bag, the ball and chain, or the old woman, you ought to get on the altar this morning. Amen. She's more precious than that this morning. And I love her, and I appreciate what she does for me. Does things that she don't have to do, but I praise the Lord for it. And you ladies that are here, maybe you've been through an abuse of home and don't have a husband that loves you, but I'm telling you, you serve a God that'll love you better than anybody. You hang on to the Lord. The Lord will meet your every need and help you. Amen. I love you, honey. If you would, let's stand for the reading of God's Word this morning here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, better known as the Love chapter. I'll try to read this to you this morning. The Bible says, "...though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I have become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have all the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, and have not charity, I am what? And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor... And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me what? Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself and is not puffed up, which means boasteth not itself. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, and thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and it endures all things. Charity never what? Amen. It what? Amen. Never faileth. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. And whether they be tongues, they shall cease. And whether they be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But... When that which is perfect is come, (laughs) then that which is part shall be done away with. When I was a child, listen to me closely. I spake as a child, and I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I become a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even also as I am known. Listen to the most important verse. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three. But the greatest of these is what? Let us pray. Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that for the next few moments that you speak through these stammering lips, God, and give us the words of wisdom for you people today. Lord, we're hungry and we need something from heaven. Lord, it's your word that feeds us and helps us grow and brings us to the knowledge of the truth. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done already. And meeting needs at this altar. But in the next few minutes, would you deal with hearts of men and women, boys and girls that are here today. That they would come to the saving knowledge of your daughter and son. And we ask this in the highest and the holiest name that we know. And that's the name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people said. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Right here in this chapter. We see a beautiful description of God in the form of a word. Yeah. I thought about this word and what it means to me in my life and who God is in my life. Yeah. And the form of this word is the word love. Yeah. Yeah, right. What is God? Love. He's love. It's the best description of the, in the Scriptures that I know of to describe exactly what God looks like. Right. He looks like love. Right. He's the love in a child's eyes. When that child is hurting and, and wants a mother's love, that's God's love. Yeah. When somebody is down and out and, and you reach out a hand to help them, that's God's love. When somebody is deep in sin, of irrepute, of every kind of sin that you can think of, and they walk an old-fashioned aisle and come down, and they give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, they find perfect love at the altar. That's love right there. God loves people unconditionally. There have been several translations over through time that have tried to explain it. The Vulgate translation is a Latin translation of the Bible by St. Jerome at the end of the 4th century. And they called it charity in that translation. And then in the wideclaft translation, they also called it charity. Then it carried over in 1611 in the King James Version as charity. Even the Greeks had a word For love. They called it agape. So whether you call it anything charity or agape, it all means love this morning. God's great love. I'm going to tell you this morning, I don't care who you are or what you are, God loves you this morning. The devil's probably told you you've been too far, done too much, that God will not love you for what you've done. Or maybe what you've thought or said. But I'm going to tell you this morning, I hope I can help show you that God loves you. I want to preach this message, if it be the Lord's will, on the love of God. Plain and simple. I just want to preach on the love of God this morning. I wish I could explain it to you and give it to you the way God has given it to me. What is God's love like? Can you explain it? I'd ask you this morning to explain to me. In word. What, what's God's love like? If a sinner came to you and said, explain to me the love of God. What is it really like? And I thought about all the things I could say about that and describe that. And there's a lot of things I could say, but it's like trying to describe to you what chocolate tastes like if you've never tried chocolate. How could you tell somebody what chocolate tastes like that's never had chocolate? Can you explain it to me, Brother Bo? What chocolate tastes I've never eaten chocolate. Tell me what it tastes like. Think about that for just a moment. It's good, but uh, you may say it's good, but explain to me how it's good. See how hard that is? There's no way to explain to me how good chocolate is. <laughs> it's just good. <laughs> well, you say it's good, but... Explain to me how good it is. I can't explain it. You're just going to have to taste it and see. I'm glad what the scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And if you're going to experience God's love, you just need to come and get you a taste of it. Amen. You'll see how good God's love is. God has great love. Number one, he's got perfect love this morning for you and I. This old world, we get tossed to and fro, and and when people tell you they love you, I wonder sometimes, do they really love you? Do they have that kind of godly love that they proclaim to have for you? Think about that for a moment. I shake a lot of people's hands. I love you, brother. Love you, sis. Love you, guys. Don't you get that a lot? Do you ever wonder deep inside, do they really love me? Do they really mean what they just said? I believe a lot of times we say things out of habit. But I would encourage you this morning, if you've got the love of God inside of you, that you let the perfect love of God flow out of you into people's lives and show them what the perfect love of God is all about. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10, what the Bible says. The Bible says, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. The perfect sacrifice for us, the perfect love for our sin. Well, I know I wasn't too bad of a person growing up. I didn't do too much. So it wasn't too bad for God to fall in love with me because I wasn't too bad a person. I'm going to tell you this morning, he's died for every single human being that's been on this earth. That person that's living ill repute down down at the whorehouse right now, he died for that person. That person that's living in the homosexual life up the road here, he died for that person. That woman that's living in that lesbian life, he died for that woman. But what do we do? We reject those type of people. We push them out of our life. We're not showing the perfect love of God. In James 1, 17, the Bible says, Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light, which of whom is no variableness, neither shadow or turning. What does that mean? He don't change. His love is perfect. Amen. He loves me. When he said, I love you, he meant it. Yes. A lot of times we'll say we love people until something happens. And then our love turns off. Yeah. Well, I don't love them no more. How can you fall in and out of love like that? I'm talking about the love of God. Amen. I ain't talking about relationships. That's a whole nother message. But this morning I'm talking about the love of God. Let me talk about what, uh, when it comes to the church. You thought about the church lately? Now, I love Brother Terry, and I appreciate Brother Terry and what he stands for. But I guarantee you, me and him sit down and read enough Scripture together, there's going to be something we're not going to agree on. That's right. But you know what? We need to love each other with that perfect love right. and love and disagree and agree to disagree amen. in love. Yep. Can I get an amen? <laughs> One more, can I get another amen? <laughs> and that's the way it should be. But this day and time, we're not like it because we don't use the perfect love of God. We reject those people, push them out of our life and have nothing to do with them. Bless God Almighty. And smote ourselves on the chest. That's not the perfect love of God. You know what? They've got all these things rolled up over the doors of churches now. They've got them on the signs out out by the road and everything. We've got the same thing. Baptists, Holiness, Pentecostals, Church of God, Free Will Baptists, uh, Lutherans, Catholics. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And we set up categories and we say, you know what? We can love the Baptists, but we can't love the Pentecostals. You know, we'll go and and support the Baptists, but we're going to reject them bunch of lost Pentecostals. It's getting quiet in here this morning. I believe you ought to stand on the perfect Word of God and love people in spite of what they are heard somebody the other day talking about and and I'll I'll just make a statement this morning and stand on it real firm right here I'm going to stand on the word of God what it talks about over in Timothy in chapter 3 where it says let the husband be the husband of one wife okay let the man be the husband of one wife I've never been for preaching women or anything like that and you may like preaching women and if you do that's your conviction but I'm going to stand on what thus saith the word of God I had this man come to me other day and tell me that his daddy got saved under a woman preacher and I looked right at him I said well praise God he went what I thought you didn't believe in that I said I don't but God can speak through anybody God's gonna get his point across one way or the other just because they're preaching don't mean I got to stand for it guess what God put me in charge of this pulpit not that one that's not my country this is my country But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to show the love of God, the perfect love of God. And I'm going to love them. I'm going to pray for them. But when they corner me up, then I'll say, here's where I stand. And we'll still agree to disagree and love one another. It's getting hot in here this morning. (laughs) Somebody want to pull your breeches up? I mean, it's getting hot in here. Amen. I'm talking about the perfect love of God, winning people for God unconditionally of who they are. Is anybody welcome to come to Vickers? You better believe it. And when that turns around and people are not welcome, that'll be the last day I'll pastor this church. And I say a lot A lot feel the same way here. All should be welcome to hear God's Word and to experience what we have experienced this morning. That's called perfect love. Can I preach the rest of this to you this morning? I know it's 12 o'clock. Can I preach the rest of it? I was going to preach it anyhow. (laughs) In 1 John 4, 18 and 19, the Bible says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear. Because fear has what? It has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him (laughs) because... Because he first loved us. That's with that perfect love. Perfect love. Do you have that this morning, that perfect love? There's times I don't have it. I'm your pastor, and I'll admit it this morning. There's times I don't have that perfect love. I I can remember a time this week when I was coming down Linden Garden Drive and somebody's in front of me in a 45-mile-an-hour zone driving 20-mile-an-hour. And held me behind them all the way to my house. I was not having perfect love at that time. See, the Bible says confession is good for the soul. (laughs) I'm trying to confess this morning. That was not wise of me. I wanted to blow my horn and ride really close. But I held myself back. It did frustrate me. I uh, I wasn't putting out perfect love. But I know I'm the only one does that. <laughs> you better believe the devil's going to try you. He's going to try things against you. I'm talking this morning about perfect love, and that's what God can do. Number two, God has complete love, complete love. And if you wonder what that complete love is, there's a verse in the Bible that's perfect for complete love. John three sixteen. <laughs> for God so loved all of us this whole world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever that took everybody even Scott it took him in took us all in that whosoever will believe in him confess him accept him Would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's complete love right there. Yeah. God searched through heaven and found the perfect love that it would take to save this world from its sin. Its adulterated sin. Its infallible, wicked sin. Sin. You that are here this morning lost without God, I want to tell you what, God loves you so much that if you'd come right now and get on this altar and say, Lord, it's me, I'm sorry, forgive me. Just like that. He'd make you a new creature, old things would pass away, and you'd be perfect this morning in the sight of God. I'm talking about perfection, perfect. I don't know if you brothers ever thought about this, but when somebody comes and gets saved and they get up off of that altar, when they stand up, they'll never be more perfect in their life at that very moment. They are sinless, perfect. It's just like when a baby's born. It's perfect when it comes out of the womb. Breathes in, spits that fluid out, breathes that breath in and starts crying. It's perfect at that very second. It's perfect. How, how's it like being born again? That's about the only way I could describe it. You just have to come and try it. Right. Come and see what it's about this morning. And you'll experience the perfect and the complete love of God. When God gave me this message, I said, Lord, how, what do you want me to do? He said, you take your time and you explain to them how much I love them. This day of time, we've got more people uh, depressed than they've ever been in their life. you got more situations going on in your life than ever has been, and the devil's on a rampage more than he's ever been. He's after your children, my children, your family, your brothers, my sisters. He's after everybody, and he's trying to destroy lives. He's trying to destroy families. He's destroying churches. I'm telling you what, there's over 200 churches. Uh, they give a statistic of it that's closing every single month across the nation right now. Churches, why? They're not abiding in the perfect love of God. We've got our eyes to set up on the buildings and the paint color on the wall and the color of the carpet and what we're going to do with our money and how we're going to invest our money and let's hang on to all of this and let's build up something for us. It's not about us, church. It's about an outreach, reaching people. I'd rather first be sitting in a parking lot on, on pop crates uh, worshiping the, the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings instead of having a big old bank account smoting ourselves on the chest and, and, and thinking how great we are. We need to be outreaching for people, trying to get the word to the lost. That's why we support missionaries. That's why we give every single month of that. That's why we pay a tithe on our offering. We're trying to reach people for God. That's what we're trying to do. That's why we pay our tithes. That's why we give money. That's why we give to the church. He says, bring ye all your tithes into the storehouse. We give to the storehouse because there's perfect love. We trust God that God's going to do a great work and we give to the church. And because we give to the church, we can have the things that we have. God's blessing our church. We're trying to buy more property. We're thinking about building. We're thinking about going to two services. We're thinking about all these things. But I want the perfect will of God in this whole situation. Well, that sounds like a lot to me. I serve a big God. <laughs> that wants to do great things. He started something here, and it's our job to abide in that perfect love. Can I get down where you live now? You know how that happens? as when the devil comes back here, and he starts walking amongst these pews. I mean, look around. Our church is full today. I remember when I got here, Brother Verby said, Man, it'd be wonderful we could see the church filled one more time. I'd like to see that before I leave this life. One more time. I'd like to see the church filled. And God's blessed him in the last few weeks to see that happen. But you know what happens when that starts happening? Here comes the devil. He don't like what's going on here at Vickers. I'm talking about complete love now. But when the devil comes, and he comes to your pew, and he jumps in your lap, just like this, (laughs) says, hey buddy, how you doing? Mm -mm." (laughs) And do you like that, and rub you on the head, and tell you how good you are, and don't pay attention to the preacher now. You watch me. That's the way the devil does. Brother Boyd, I'm coming for you next. <laughs> now nah, just kidding. But that's the way the devil does. He wants to get right in the middle of everything and start working and working in the pews and running through the pews and tell you don't listen, don't pay attention. You don't like what he's doing. You don't like what she's doing. You're mad at him. You're mad at her. I wouldn't talk to him, and I would definitely talk to her. And next thing you know, the devil starts working back and forth, back and forth. I feel like more of a firefighter than I do a pastor most of the time. You know why? Because I'm putting a little fire out here, a little fire out there, a little one over here. And I'm working myself to death to get all these fires out and trying to get everything just right. And look, there's a big one raging right back there. Why? It's because people are not abiding in perfect love. It's easy to just let the devil work. It really takes something, brother, to follow the perfect love of God. If I told you today I really didn't like that green shirt, shirt you're wearing, and I just, I don't like it. You know what? You probably really liked that shirt and thought it was something. But I promise you when you go out the door, the devil will tell you, that preacher shouldn't have said that. Yeah. That's right. And he'll use that against you. He will. And buy me one while you're at it. You owe me a shirt now. But that's the way it works. When he goes out the door, the devil will work on him and make and remind him of what I said to make him mad and he'll start something. And it'll get that mad that family mad And the next thing you know, they're out the door. Right in the middle of God doing something, they're out the door. Why? Because that's the way the devil works. When we're not abiding in perfect love. Can I hear an amen on this side? That's the way it works, church. I'm trying to warn you of how the devil works. We're family. We need to work together. We need to love one another. We need to abide in that perfect love and and understand God has that complete love for our life. In Jeremiah 31, 3, the Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. He's drawing you guys. To do things for Him and to love Him and to love each other. That's the perfect will of God, that we love one another. Even though things are going on, we need to love one another. Amen? And number three, He has unconditional love. Unconditional love. (laughs) I mean, you ought to shout on that one. He's loved me unconditionally. at all of my failures, all of my problems, everything And I have failed him, he's loved me unconditionally. He's never, every time I, he wants me to do something and I get ready to do it, he ain't standing back going, remember what you did last week? I'm not going to bless you because of that. I think I'm just going to wait a while, make you suffer a while. I'm glad we don't serve a God like that. In 1 first, first John chapter 9, he said, My little children, I write unto thee, that if thou sin, have an advocate with the Father. What's that talking about? It talks about get to the altar, have a talk with the Lord. Does that mean i got to wait to come to church and get on the altar? No, you can make an altar wherever you're at. When you feel that conviction power of God, Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost in that. When you feel that run all over you, and you feel convicted in your life that you're wrong in what you've done, you need to repent right then. Don't wait. Get things fixed up right then. And you know what he'll do? He'll dust you right off, love you up, and send you on your way. It could not be that easy. It's that easy. That's the kind of God we serve. He loves you unconditionally, Brother Greg. It don't matter who you are what you are. He loves you unconditionally. When you say Greg Collins, it brings a smile to the Lord. When you say Mark Jackson, it brings a smile to the Lord. When you say Alan Isaac, it brings a smile to the Lord. I can name every single one of you. It brings us, why, he has unconditional love for all of us this morning. Now, you may not like me or I don't like you, but I'm glad that he loves us unconditionally. <laughs> and we're not abiding in perfect love if we're harboring true. We need to love one another. Man, we're in the love month. I'm talking about the perfect love of God. We've been dealing with some things here lately. I've been having to work with some young people in these school systems. Lord, help us what a shape they're in. And I'm thankful for the teachers that we've got here. They work so hard to help our young people and teach them uh, the right way and do the right things. But our children are facing things in the school systems right now that you and I have never seen in our life. I'm telling you, this spirit of homosexuality and lesbianism is so thick in the schoolhouses now that I'm telling you what, we ought to be worried about what's going on down at the schoolhouse. Does that mean we reject these people and cast them out as vagabonds and all that? No, we show them the perfect love of God. Are they welcome at Vickers? You better believe they're welcome at Vickers. In every pew, they're welcome here. They're not going to sit here all hugged up and loved up, but they're going to sit here and hear the Word of God. Amen. 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 You mean you'd welcome those type of people? If they're not welcome, I'm not welcome. If the alcohol, is he welcome? The one that's drunk all the time, you better believe he's welcome. The ones that's peeled up and out of their heads and and they're strung out on meth and everything, are they welcome? You better believe they're welcome here, Vickers. I'm going to help every one of them, I can help. I may not understand it completely, but I'm going to take the love of God and I'm going to try to love these people and show them what it's like to have a relationship right. with the Lord. Right. Yes. Listen to me, you young people. You can never have a relationship until you have one with the Lord. Right. Yes. You'll never fall in love and be right before God until you fall in love with Him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. I can remember back when I uh, had been dating and been through all these relationships and my life was upside down. It was a mess. And I prayed to God. I said, Lord, I don't want to see another woman or think about one. I pray the next one you send me, Lord, will be my wife. I'm talking about a mess. Listen to me, you young men. Listen to me this morning. I'm talking about a 16-year-old about a boy that was in a mess. But it took me getting right with God and praying and seeking God's will. Amen. And saying, Lord, I don't know who she is, but I pray that you send her to me. I'm tired of dating these girls that ain't wanting to live for you and do right. They're making my life a mess. They're making me in places I shouldn't be and making me think things I shouldn't think and and all these different things. I don't want to live like that. I'm supposed to be a child of God. God, I pray that you'll send me my wife and I meant it with all of my heart. Guess what God done? (laughs) He said it pleased him to give his children good gifts. I got a good one. I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna close. There I was, on Sycamore, Kentucky, at a at a fire hall. We were doing a benefit singing, and I'm there singing with a male quartet. And all of a sudden, I noticed there is a family come in, and there's a whole herd of them. (laughs) But they were one that was glowing. And I thought, what is that? (laughs) And I began to look. And as the Lord is my witness, that night, God spoke to me and said, right there is your wife. You might as well said it to me because the Lord had said it to me. And I kind of had that look around like, did I just think that or did that really just happen? It was like I felt it in my heart again. That's your wife. And I've said this many times, when I looked at her and saw her and he had confirmed that, I was like, yes! (laughs) And I pursued her. She probably thought I was a weirdo right off the bat. But see, God was already at work. She'd already been praying for the same thing and asking God to bring her husband to her. And I began to pursue her and began to try to get to know her and things like that. And then her daddy had a singing, and I asked her, could I come to the singing and see her? She said, yeah, you can come. Anybody's welcome to come. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I wanted to know. (laughs) I want to come see you. you, Everybody's welcome. (laughs) So I went to the singing. She's working the concession stand. I wasn't worried about anybody at that singing. All I was worried about was seeing her. I got to that singing, and there she was in the concession booth. And I could, she was glowing, lit the whole booth up, and I was looking. <laughs> and she'll tell you today, I'm not putting words in her mouth, but God spoke to her. As I walked up the bottom to the concession stand, God spoke to her and said, that's your husband. Am I telling the truth? and we came together and one year later I barely could wait a year I got on my knees and asked her to marry me and she said yes and we got married and as Paul Harvey says and that's the rest of the story I'm talking about perfect love if you walk in perfect love and complete love and realize he has unconditional love for you The sky's the limit. He'll bless your life. But it's going to take you being obedient this morning. Do I have to wait for that? No, it can happen today. Sinners, your life can turn around just like that today. If you'll trust Him with complete trust. Say, Lord, I don't understand your love. I'm just going to trust you. As ever heads bowed and never eyes closed as we stand our feet